0: Well, hello! I am Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. And this is a big one. This is the preview. Super Bowl 52, Eagles-Patriots. I pulled up my over at my bookie, our buddies at my bookie, and we got the Eagles getting four and a half in this game. I'll give you my pick at the end, and uh, with and without the spread, as usual. Told you guys about my bookie yesterday. Check that out. Yesterday I also told you about it was Twitter Thursday, but one of the questions just kind of got me on a tangent, and it was something I am going to talk about today. But I am glad I got it out of the way yesterday, and it's kind of an overview going back to Aaron Hernandez and Welker and Moss and all you know the history, the Brady years, and it's more true now than ever of how diverse and how much the Patriots use the variety of offensive personnel. So if you didn't check that out, it's near the end of the show. Even fast forward, if you just want to hear the end, if you're in the into Super Bowl this week, Super Bowl mode, I think you'll get a kick out of it. It was pretty good, and I was I did a pretty good job of laying it out. Um, before we get into the game, last night I, I watched the uh, 30 for 30, the two Bills. It was Parcells and Belichick and their relationship, and it was really cool. And I urge you to check it out. Um, just wanted to mention that because it's obviously fitting and it's not an accident that it you know hit right before the Super Bowl. But you kind of forget some of the things of Belichick's early careers when he was the, quote, disciple, you know, and he was the defensive mastermind and, you know, his crazy coaching career. And you know, everyone talks about how he was a, a bust with the Browns, his first round And, um, I mean, he had a losing record, but he was starting to turn that team around, and then they moved. <laughs> like, everyone forgets that part. Like, oh, yeah, then they moved and just rebuild, And then they that's when they let him go. I'm not dismissing him. I'm not saying he was the same guy then as he is now. But I, I urge you to check that out. It's easy to forget about the early formative years of Belichick. And, you know, and we just remember what he's been over this unbelievable stretch where I think I've said this, but this is... You know, I've been asked, is this the most impressive stretch? You know, compared to other dynasties, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Packers, and the answer is obviously yes. But what's cool to me about that conversation is, like, the Steelers were awesome for six years. The Cowboys were awesome in the '90s for what five, something like that. Not only the page has been great for this whole stretch. But the reality is, they've had two dynasties. They've had the one that started in, what, 2001, the early 2000s dynasty. And that was a much different team. That was the, you know, the Vrabels and the McGinnis. And then they've had this dynasty, which is really Brady Brady Gronk-led. So, all right, let's talk about this game. I've been fired up to talk about this game. Fired up. talk about this game for quite a while. Uh, Where do we start? Let's start when the Eagles have the ball. I've said this before, so this isn't going to be groundbreaking. I'm not going to dwell on it. But I don't remember an X factor, a wild card, an unknown, as we lead in with our Super Bowl preparation, than where we're stand right now with Nick Foles. And maybe I'm building that up a little too much. Because I think what he did two weeks ago against Minnesota was unbelievable. I didn't think he had that in him. That was a Wentz-like performance and broke all the trends I thought we knew about Nick Foles. That being said, if I'm Belichick, I'm going to trust all the data up until last week more than I'm going to trust one game. But that's the most recent thing, and if he plays like that, the Eagles are going to win, and they might run away with it. I mean, the the knocks on Foles were make him hold the ball, you know, make him make plays late in the down. He made plays late in the down. Make him make tough throws. He made tough throws over and over, and was composed. Still, I don't think you if you're Doug if you're Doug Peterson and the Eagle staff, I think you also, as well as the Patriots, preparing. You're not going to say, hey, Nick, just go guns ablaze and Go out to TB12 and we'll see how that goes. Because we trust you now because you were awesome two weeks ago. That's probably not what's going to happen. I do think this is going to be a heavy Jay Ajayi game. And if I were putting some long shot money on who's going to be the MVP of this game, like, obviously, Brady's the the, the, the the best bet, but I think Fletcher Cox and Ajayi, if the Eagles win, those two could garner a lot of MVP consideration. And Ajayi's role's been slowly growing, slowly growing, and if they were in a dogfight two weeks ago, maybe he would have been the man, you know? like So, I do think this is going to be a pretty run-heavy approach. And we'll get into the RPOs in a minute. And we'll get into all the individual matchups and the line play and all those things. But Patriots Patriots aren't easy to run against. And particularly up the middle. Um, I'm I'm not sure that that's completely true. They're not easy to run against. They're they're disciplined. They fill their lanes well. They're smart. They're well coached. All the things we know. And oh, by the way, I'm not sure if all of you realize this. I'm I'm probably going to say this a hundred times. But The Patriots allow yards, they don't allow points. Repeat, the Patriots allow yards, they don't allow points. This is an unbelievable trend, and it's crazy how different that spectrum is this year. Also, if you take away the first, first month of the season, that was a long time ago. First four games of the year. Remember how awful the Patriots offense was, and Gilmore didn't know what he was doing, and blowing coverages, and... You know all sorts of par- all sorts of problems, and there is some truth, I think, to the Patriots look at the first month of the season almost like an extension of preseason. But if you take the first month out of the equation, and I know that's not how the NFL stats work, but once again would be for the second straight year, the Patriots lead the league in points against again. I mean, from week four on, after week four, no one's allowed fewer points than the Patriots. And last year, they were the the number one in that department for the whole year. It's pretty good. (laughs) You know, I mean, you talk about Brady and Gronk and all those things. But the Patriots' defense allows yards. They don't allow points. That can't be stressed enough. Anyway, back to Ajayi. I think it's going to be a heavy Ajayi attack. A lot of running. There's some really good stats out there. I urge you to check out Warren Sharp. He did a really good article about this. That the most effective ways to attack, and this is more of a statistical thing, is out of 11 personnel, one running back, in this case is Jai. one tight end, Ertz, three receivers, which would get Aguilar on the field with Torrey Smith and, and Jeffrey, in this case. The Patriots' stats against 11 personnel in the running game are far worse than they are against base personnel. And I do think we're going to see a very high percent, for that reasons and others, you're going to see a very high percentage of 11 personnel from the Eagles in this game. And rightfully so. I mean, that basically gets their best guys on the field. Although I kind of like Trey Burton um, as a second tight end. But I think you're going to see a lot of perimeter runs with Ajayi out of 11 personnel. And I guess we'll get into the RPOs here now, too. I mean, everyone's heard all these RPOs. The Eagles live on RPOs. Yeah, I mean, it's a run-pass option. And Foles executes them well, and Peterson designs them well, and it's a quarterback-friendly thing, and Wentz did them really well as well, and we see them a lot in Kansas City now, uh, you know, where Peterson came from. But by all the stats, the Eagles are the heaviest RPO team in the league. And... This is noteworthy. The Jags don't run RPOs nearly as well as the Eagles. Although some of that's Wentz stats. Um, Tore up the the Patriots with RPOs last week, two weeks ago. Now, is Belichick going to let that happen again? Ah, History says no. And some ways to kind of combat RPOs. If you play more man coverage that's better against RPOs. You know, especially if you're going to press... Alshon Jeffries caught a lot of slants off RPOs in the last couple weeks. But if you got a big Gilmore type right on him at the snap, that could be more difficult. I also think that you want to show looks where you force the run out of the RPO run pass option. It'd be better if you get them to consistently run out of RPOs as opposed to throw. Just the the chances of breaking off big chunk yardage is less. So I think the the Patriots will design their alignments and fronts accordingly. Um, also, we know, and before I forget, both these teams, as the season has gone on, have played more and more defensive backs on the field. And I think we could see that. The Patriots played seven defensive backs at times. I mean, much more than any other team in the league, you'll see seven defensive backs at times. Will they do that against 11 personnel? Maybe. And Chung becomes more your linebacker. Because their second-level guys are bad. You know, Roberts and even Van Noy. I don't think there's anything to write home about. So, they're getting more speed on the field. And I would think that's one of the reasons. I know that's one of the reasons that 11 personnel runs have hurt the Patriots. Because they're smaller. And I think the Eagles will lean on that. This is going to be a very man-heavy Coverage defense—that's that's what they do. We're going to see Gilmore. I can almost just put it in the bank. You're going to see Gilmore on Alshon. What's interesting to me is in base personnel when Aguilar is not on the field, Butler's going to cover Smith. Then you know by default, Torrey Smith. But if you see a lot of eleven personnel, I wonder if they might travel Butler to the slot. And Rowe to Smith, thinking if Smith's gonna t- if Smith's our best matchup and you're gonna feed Smith ten targets a game, we'll live with it. Maybe he gets behind Rowe once or twice. You yeah, know who knows. But generally speaking, Rowe covers the slot, and he's not a bad player. But I kind of feel like he's a slot guy by default, and quickness, change of directions, Aguilar could give him a lot of problems. So there's. Two, really, that stand out of spots where I think Foles should be able to go with the football pretty consistently. And it's not Alshon, who's still really good. I'm not saying not going to throw him the ball, but I think Gilmore stacks up against him really well. If Butler's on Smith, I don't know how often I'd look Smith's way. But I do think Aguilar has a really favorable matchup against Rowe. And I think that the Eagles' backs... More Ajayi than the others, but Clement catches a lot of passes and, you know, they have good receiving backs, can really do damage against the Patriots linebackers. So, Zach Ertz. Ertz is a very good player. I think he's kind of to the point now where he's going to get his, he's going to get his targets. Um, The Patriots stack up pretty well against him, though. Chung, McCourty at times. Um, If you can get Ertz on their linebackers, I'd go that direction every time, but I don't think that'll happen often at all. Back to the Patriots allow yards, they don't allow points. A big reason why is Belichick, he just flat out doubles dudes. You know, like he will double Ertz on third and eight. He will double Ertz in the red zone, make you kick field goals, you know, make you go to Torrey Smith in the red zone, which you don't want to do. I also think that Alshon will get some extra attention in those situations, depending how Gilmore's playing him. But if Gilmore can handle him one-on-one, that's a big key to helping the other situations. So I do think the Eagles will run the ball pretty well. I think Ajayi could have a nice game. I think their backs will catch the ball well and have some matchups there. The RPOs will probably keep the chains moving. Patriots allow yards, they don't allow points. Aguilar could get free and, and certainly could have a nice game. Up front, Eagles have a very good line. Their line's better than the P- Patriots' D-line. However, I, something that I think to watch is you'll see some bare fronts. You know, so you'll know, you try to cover up all the off- offensive linemen. And I think as good as Kelsey is, I think he's the best movement center in the league. And he's unbelievable to watch block downfield. Take a couple snaps and watch Kelsey. I mean, or go back and watch Kelsey You know, in other games. He's a really fun center to watch if there is such a thing in your eyes. But I think what Belichick and Patricia will do, will put one of their big 330-pound hogs right over his nose. Maybe it's Malcolm Brown. Maybe it's Alan Branch. Somebody like that. To try to just bully him and not let him get to the second level or get out on screens or block downfield. So I think that's one thing we'll we'll have to watch. I also think, like I said, the the Eagles' blockers are better than the Patriots' D-line in their front. But their left tackle, Vitai big V, is their weakness. And therefore, I think you'll see Flowers line up on Vitai a lot. And Flowers is a really good player, and he could cause problems. I also would not be shocked at all... And my Steeler fans are going to hate it. But I think James Harrison is going to have a really prominent role on Sunday. And maybe against Vitae as well. Setting the edge against those edge runs as well. But you might see a combination of Harrison and Flowers trying to really pick on Vitae and find a, that scabby just keep picking off and, and just keep attacking there. Otherwise, up front, I feel pretty good about the Eagles front. You know, so... That's a little synopsis of when the Eagles have the ball. All right. Now, when the Patriots and Brady have the ball. Everyone's talking about the pressure. And they should. And we said this two weeks ago, though. You know, that the way you beat Tom Brady is... Rough up his receivers a little, but more importantly, get to him with four four man pressures. Eagles are absolutely equipped to do that. Maybe better than any team in the league, including Jacksonville. But the Eagles or the the Patriots know that. I mean, they this isn't groundbreaking news. Like I said, Cox could be the if if I were to put a chip on who's going to be the defensive MVP in this game, I would pick Fletcher Cox and. If Bill Belichick was sitting here and I gave him truth serum and said, what do you fear most about this game? He might say Fletcher Cox. So we'll start there. On the other side, we ended with the the line. But the Patriots O-line isn't super talented. Super well coached. Uh, Their tackles played pretty well, but right tackle is a weakness. I think left guard and center are weaknesses that you're going to see Cox lined up when they're in their base. Jernigan will be the one technique. Cox will be the three technique over the outside shoulder of a guard. Brandon Graham, I think, will often line up against a poor right tackle. That really favors Philadelphia. But they're going to rotate Long and Barnett and Curry and a really good, deep group of defensive linemen. Which brings us to... You know, can they tire out the Eagles' defensive front like they did to Atlanta's in the Super Bowl last year? It's going to be harder because there's a lot more dudes. And they got dudes. But it's really noteworthy that they will kick Graham inside. And they'll often line up with three two, or two three techniques. Two guys, it'll be Cox and Graham, lining up on the outside shoulders of those guards. I also think, kind of like I mentioned on the other side of the ball, they may try to really exploit the Jernigan uh, over the center situation. So there's a lot of matchups there that favor the Eagles' pass rush. And they're going to bring him in waves. Okay, we know that. Brady's taking more hits than this year than usual. He's also gone deep more than usual. I have to think that... All right, we'll start the running game. We'll come back to that in a minute. Eagles are really hard to run on. They are. I mean, I think the Patriots are a good run-blocking line. They have guys like the fullback Devlin and Gronk that are good non-lineman blockers. And the Eagles aren't the most stout in the world, but they flow to the football really well. Their linebackers are active, Well, the two outside guys are. They have a problem at middle linebacker right now, and that's one of the reasons they've been playing more defensive backs on the field, too. We saw a lot of big nickel and base against, you know, last week. Well we see that again. If they play a lot of big nickel against twenty one and twelve personnel, I think you're gonna they're gonna try to test them on the ground with Lee with Lewis and Devlin and Gronk, you know, attacking safeties and linebackers as blockers. Um, if they don't, the middle linebacker problem, Ellerby, is a big problem for the Eagles. And we've seen Brady find a guy like that and just pick on him without mercy, whether it's Lewis or Burkhead or White, you know. And he's going to have to cover somebody, and whoever it is is going to be a problem. So I'm not, I don't have a great feel for what are the Patriots thinking pregame on percentage of runs. I tend to think it's going to be low, but. If they see Big Nickel against their base personnel, that might change in a hurry. And I think they probably will. You know, who knows. But I do think that the game plan overall is going to be... Get it out quick. Old school Brady, Welker, Amendola, Edelman, quick hits. Maybe spread the field a lot. Um... Find some open space. Detach a lot of your backs and, and tight ends from the line of scrimmage. Brady in the shotgun surveying the field. Snap, boom. See something, gone. Snap, can't rush can't get to you. And maybe a lot of hurry up, too, to keep those guys on the field. Not to mention if they find a matchup with Big Nickel where they're running on them or... They're base four three, and they're picking on a linebacker. We're going to see tempo too. You know, I mean, I think that that's a given. That yes, they have a deep D line, but if they can't substitute and it's a it's a long drive in the eighth play of the drive, their D line's really dragging. You can nullify that advantage that the Eagles have in the trenches, and I think Brady's the perfect guy to do that. The Eagles are. And I don't think this will change much, but they're a single high coverage team. A lot of cover one, even more cover three. Cover one's more of a man, is man with a single high safety. And cover three is a zone with a single high safety and the corners and safety each have a third of the field they're responsible for. Which can turn into man in a hurry. You know, I mean, your guy's streaking down the sideline. He's your guy. Um, And they'll mix those, and I think you have to against Brady. But, you know, Mills will line up to Brady's right. Darby will line up to Brady's left when he's at the line of scrimmage. And those, they tend to play a lot of off coverage. And if they do, I think you're going to see a lot of Cooks hitches. You know, like four-yard hitch to Cooks, six-yard hitch to Hooks. And I think Cooks could have a really big game in this one. And I know I said this is going to be an Edelman, Welker, Amendola, White, you know, quick-hittings type game. But I think Cooks is kind of the wild card here because I don't think they have a good matchup for him. Mills, I would almost exclusively line Cooks up to Brady's right. And if Mills plays off, I'm nickel and diamond him to death, and he's still going to have to fear Cooks' speed. He's much faster than Mills. But no matter what, and if they come up and play press, and Cooks can be banged around, or if they play closer to the line of scrimmage, I'm going to max protect at times and take some deep shots to Cooks. I mean, Cooks versus Mills, to me, really favors New England. Robinson's a good slot corner, but slot receivers have done pretty well against the great Eagles D, and has played very well lately, so I think he'll get his, and, you know, I mean, He's the big game player. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, Gronk is a big problem. And that, you can say that every week. It doesn't matter who the defense is. But I do think the combination of Bradham, Jenkins, and mostly Jenkins. I think when they play man, Jenkins will probably get the Gronk assignment. um, Are probably about as good as anyone can ask for to try to slow Gronk down. But he's still going to get his. I mean, I kind of said this about Ertz too, but take it up a notch with Gronk. I mean, red zone, he's going to be a problem. I think they'll do some field stretching with Gronk that I expect him to be fully healthy. I expect a pretty big game from Gronkowski, too. I mean, I, I think that he's a great player. He's a, a playoff superstar. He's a touchdown machine. And Jenkins is a really nice player. But if Brady sees Jenkins on Gronk, I think he's going Gronk's direction. I mean, it's kind of like Cooks with, with Mills. Like, you're going to get some one-on-one matchups you like here, whether, and I do think the majority of the time it's going to be Brady, get it out of your hands quick. That's the plan. But they'll take shots. I mean, I think that they'll stretch the field with Gronk. They'll stretch the field with Cooks when they get looks they like. They'll vary personnel and go back to yesterday's podcast and they'll find things. And it could be a slow go, you know, like it was against Atlanta, like it was against Jacksonville two weeks ago. But I very much believe Brady, McDaniels, Belichick will find things they like, you know, just as the game goes on, the more snaps they play, the more that favors Brady because he's just collecting data, you know, that boy, this defensive end starting to slow down or if I change tempo or if I. Uh, this particular running play is working really well, or they're not sealing this edge very well, or if I go empty, you know, or they don't have a good answer for our 21 personnel, you know, or this you know, specific formation. So I do think that as the game goes on, as we've often seen in real big games, that really favors Brady. Now, how about special teams? You guys don't know, you know I don't watch special teams tape. But the Patriots are one of the best in the league across the board on special teams. Eagles are middle of the road. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean the Eagles can't block a kick or return something for a touchdown or you know make more field goals or any of those things. But sitting here on Friday afternoon, special teams favors the Patriots. Coaching. Of course, coaching favors the Patriots, as does experience and big game and first quarter jitters and all those type of things. But I really think that the coordinators, I'm going to call them, I know Peterson's not a coordinator, but Peterson and the defensive staff will really coach their units up very well. You know, especially during the week, preparing, utilizing their best players, putting foals in position to succeed, taking away Gronk to the best of their ability, getting pressure on Brady. I think that they're going to coach very, very well. In terms of prep and play calling and all those things. I'm pretty damn sure the Patriots will too. But what really favors New England to me, and it's kind of like I was saying with Brady, is the longer the game goes, the more it favors Belichick too. Not only because he is gathering information, but in terms of... Peterson worries me from an Andy Reid standpoint in terms of clock management and... You know, situational coaching. Should I go onside? Should I kick this field goal? Should I call this timeout? How do I handle the end of the half? You know, all those type of things on a biggest stage where things pressure is a little tighter. You know, everyone's clutching their sticks a little too tight, as they say in hockey. You know, and absolutely, as if it comes down to the last drive wins it in a really tight game, and every eye in the world is on you. Decisions from the coaching staff absolutely favors New England. So, overall, um, I didn't write any notes down for this this podcast. This is all off the top of my head. I don't think I missed anything I wanted to cover, but if so, tweet me and I will uh, write you right back. I'm picking the, the Patriots 27, Eagles 17. But I think it'll be closer than that for the majority of the game and... Kind of like I said, I think the fourth quarter belongs to New England. And I know that defensive line's awesome, and that's a great, great advantage. But I do think that if the Patriots run a lot of plays out of high tempo, getting the ball out quick, and make those guys rush the passer a lot, that the pass rush will dwindle a little as the game goes on. And I think, as I said, that as you play more snaps, Brady and Belichick will find things they like. And I think the fourth quarter belongs to New England. And But I think this is a really close game. Um, it wouldn't shock me at all if the Eagles are leading at halftime. If Brady's taking hits. If things aren't working and it looks like a real struggle on both sides of the ball. Um, I do think that Philly will move the ball. I think Aguilar can have a nice game. Uh, I think Ajayi. Could be the MVP. I expect a lot out of him in this game. And I think he'll get a lot of touches. I think he'll get screens. I think he'll get quick hitters. You know, I think he'll get runs and run pass option. He'll get a... It's a diverse run game that Philly throws at you. And I think they could have some success on the ground. But I know the Eagles are very opportunistic and are dangerous when they get their hands on the ball on defense. But I don't expect Brady to make, a you know, a lot of bonehead throws. However... If you look at his playoff life, he's thrown a lot of picks. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's something along the lines of it's close to a 1-1 ratio in terms of almost an interception per game in his playoff career, which would surprise a lot of people. But if one of these quarterbacks is going to screw it up, I don't think it's going to be Tom. If one of these coaching staffs is going to be not screw it up, but Make a questionable decision at a really, really important moment. I don't think it'll be the Patriots. Not that they're perfect, but they've been here. They've done it, and Belichick speaks for himself. So, that's that's what I got. I got New England 27, Philly 17. Expect it to be a highly entertaining Super Bowl, uh, especially through three quarters or so. And I think New England will find a couple things that they'll exploit without relent. You know, that they'll just unmercifully attack a weakness and nobody does it better. All right. Let me know what you think. Spread the word. I expect this to be the most downloaded podcast in locked on history. Okay. Over and out.